Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. I've got another great show for you today, and it's the first episode in a three-part series with Dickie Bush. I found Dickie on Twitter, and he's the co-founder of Ship 30 for 30, a community-powered course that helps people start writing online. Now, Dickie's a former offensive lineman at Princeton, so I absolutely loved him, who studied math, then worked at BlackRock as a hedge fund trader. I asked Dickie to come on the show after I read a tweet about his health journey. Dickie went from 280 pounds to 190 pounds, not just changed his body, but he really changed his entire life. And today we unpack the physical and the psychological journey of change. And as a quick plug, I joined his digital writing course and it's phenomenal. It's called Ship 30 for 30, like I mentioned before. And I highly recommend it if you want to create an online writing presence on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Medium. His team makes what many people think is complicated and out of reach possible for anyone with a computer. Now, I'm not getting compensated for this plug. It's just something that I found helpful, and I think you might as well. But before we get started today, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter adaptation, you should check it out. Every Friday, I'll email you information and tools curated for high performers just like you. You'll receive actionable information and the most recent cutting-edge science on how to improve your mind, body, and recovery so you look, feel, and perform your best. Check it out. The link is in the show notes. Now for my conversation with Dickie. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Dickie, you are a prolific writer. You're a content creator. You're an educator. And there's so many tactical things regarding productivity and deep work that I want to get into. But what I really fell in love with and the reason I reached out to have you on the show is you and I kind of come from a similar background of being a former athlete, bigger guy. We were both linemen and you've gone through a very interesting health journey. And so I wanted to kind of break that down today. Five years ago, you were 280 pounds, drinking 30 beers a week thousands of dollars in debt. So this is like a, a whole makeover that's happening now, 190 pounds, haven't had a drop of alcohol in 18 months, according to Twitter, full financial sovereignty. So what happened? What was the impetus for change and how did you do it? Oh, well, first off, thanks for having me. This is the exact type of podcast I love listening to, tactical health stuff for people who I know have don't have all day to sit around and do it. So th- first off, thanks for having me. But to, to paint the full health and fitness journey, yeah, five years ago, so I'm 27 right now, five years ago in about a month, I played my last snap of college football at Princeton. So it was a 280-pound college center. And so that tweet and that kind of journey, I think it sounds a little bit more extreme than it actually ended up being because I was 280 pounds as a lineman. I was drinking 30 beers a week, but I was a college senior. So, you know, that all kind of goes uh, together, especially after that uh, season ended. But after I played that last snap, I felt like a big piece of my identity was kind of over, right? For the eight years before that, I was a college football player. That was my, or, you know, just a football player in general. That was the first way I would describe myself. And then the second that career ended, I was an average person who weighed 280 pounds and that doesn't do much for you in the real world. So I exactly <laughs> spent a few months kind of thinking, am I going to 380 or 180? And at the very beginning <laughs> of that journey, I was definitely headed to that 380, but then I kind of had that line in the sand moment of I'm going to have to really rewrite my entire 
life operating system in a way in how I approached health and fitness in general. So last five years have kind of been playing out that story. I understand as a, as an offensive lineman, which is, were you a guard or center? Or I played center. Okay. You played center. Oh, so you're the most intelligent one on the line. I got it. I was a former center in high school. Couldn't quite cut it in, in college at that position. But anyways, centers are, for those of you out there are always the smartest guy in the room. They have to call out the mic. They're always in co- communication with the quarterback and everybody else, but um, they're the quarterback of the offensive line. But you, you, you're in this cycle of exercise, you know, lifting weights, training, eating as much as you can to keep the weight on. But now you're having to make this shift. Like, was there a specific goal? Like, how did you go about this process? Because you don't just go, I'm going to be 180 pounds or I'm going to be 190 pounds and it just happens. Like, what tactically did you do mentally and physically to get this done? Starting right when the season ended. I didn't change anything on the nutritional side. And so basically I spent the four years before that not getting paid, but more or less getting paid, getting to go to school to lift weights, eat and hit people. And so that was kind of, you know, what I was used to. And then when the season ended, I just stopped lifting weights and hitting people, but kept eating just about as much as I I was. And I quickly realized, okay, that's not going to get where I need to go. So the the weight loss journey and the overall journey i think happened in stages where around march of 2018 so my senior year spring i said okay i'm just going to try to lose this first i'm going to stop eating like i was like that was the first one you know I, there's no reason i need to be putting away like six chicken parms for lunch cuz i have to squat 500 pounds later that afternoon you know so that i kind of had to untrain myself out of and really just started with lightweight cardio and trying to eat in a, in a deficit. And I went from around 280 to 240 pretty quickly. Like my body, I don't think was ever meant to be that size for the long run. I think I'm much more around this 200 pounds where I'm at now. But so that first 40 kind of fell off and that felt good. I was like, okay, I kind of know what I'm doing. And from there, it was a little bit less of a straightforward path. I think I, I can, I've been charting my weight since then. And it's definitely been kind of waves and I've been learning. And you can tell like um, when I discovered something that started working and then kind of got off the path. And then it's really been kind of a winding, winding, winding way down. And each time I've gone up, I've had to reevaluate, okay, what worked from the last time and what didn't, how do I keep going? And so it, it's been a, an ebbs and flows, but that first 40 was almost instant. If you own a wearable like an Apple Watch or a Garmin or Whoop and you're tired of wasting your time trying to figure out how to use the data to improve your health and performance, then check out AIM7. AIM7 turns your wearable data into actionable recommendations for your mind, body, and recovery so you can look, feel, and perform your best. AIM7 provides you with a precise type, intensity, and duration of exercise that your body is ready to adapt to today. This rapidly improves fitness and reduces burnout and injuries. Let's say AIM7 notices you're stressed out. It will send you a breathwork tool in the moment to help you calm down and improve your performance. The app is in private beta, which means it's not in the app store, and you can only get it by signing up at AIM7.com. We're only letting in small groups of people every few weeks, so there's limited spots in each cohort. So if this is interesting to you, go ahead and sign up now. And when you sign up, make sure you say that you are a Blueprint podcast listener, and we will prioritize your registration. 
All right, now back to my conversation with Dickie. A lot of people that go on a weight loss journey, that's kind of what happens. They, they have a quick burst of weight that comes off. A lot of times that's fluid. You know, if they start eating in a deficit, now they have less muscle glycogen, so water goes out with it. And then, you know, you start moving and eating less, you're going to lose some weight pretty, pretty quickly. It's when the weight stalls where most people quit. What kept you from not quitting? I think extending the time horizon and recognizing that it wasn't going to all happen at once and kind of getting, it's easy to look back in hindsight, but emotionally and mentally when I would kind of hit a plateau and then steadily go back up. So I've tried every single diet, nutrition plan, exercise plan in the book, like really running experiments on myself. I mean, I, I probably, I think I was a ketogenic in the ketogenic diet, like a long-term state of ketosis for probably two years, two or three years from like mm. 240 down to about 200 pounds and thought like that was the way. And I've, I've definitely evolved my thinking throughout, but I've done that. I've done carnivore. I went vegan for a month. I've really tried everything just to see, but it all kind of comes back to where I'm at now of eating either more than you're burning or less than you're burning and figuring out how to, you know, adjust things from there. I think yeah, I didn't really people answer your like question, but I know. No, people don't like to hear that because they, they want there to be a secret hack. And the reality is there is no secret hack. You, Everybody has to, if you want to lose weight, there has to be a restriction of some sort. And you can restrict calories in a lot of ways and a lot of, you could be vegan and overeat and gain weight. You can be carnivore and overeat and gain weight. If you want to lose weight... There's kind of these laws of thermodynamics and unless you've figured that one out, now we've like solved cold fusion and, and you're going to be a quadrillionaire, right? But it's so true. What are you doing right now to sustain this weight loss? You look great. How tall are you, by the way? I'm a little under 6'2". Wow. So 6'2", 280. It's not like you were 6'6". No. Um, <laughs> what are you doing now that's like, what's your daily rituals and habits regarding your health and wellness that keeps you on this track? So you've lost about 100 pounds. Now, most people don't sustain that. The literature mm -hmm. shows that they usually balloon back up. So what are you doing to, to make this long-term change? Yeah, I'll, I'll paint the, I can paint the picture of the last year because the last year I kind of mm -hmm. reached that point where I got down to about 175 pounds at 9% body fat on a DEXA, really pushed myself last summer of like, you know, I've spent the first 26 years of my life kind of not able to see abs. Let's see what that feels like. And so I got to learn kind of the ins and outs of really dieting down in a, in a pretty strict deficit. And during that time, I picked up distance running, was running around 20 miles a week and never thought I was going to be doing something like that. That ended around August. So August of the last year of 2022, I was 175 pounds, 9% body fat, running 20 miles a week and lifting four times a week. From there, over the last half a year, I said, I've kind of wiped the slate clean. Let's build back up from this foundation. So really, it took me five years to get to a point where I got to start over. And so all my strength numbers were far lower than they were. But I knew in the long run that the goal was eventually to clear the slate and then slowly build back up that lean body mass. So right now I'm on four lifts a week, upper lower split, eating in a solid 300 to 500 calorie surplus over the last 35 weeks. I put on 18 pounds, so 
half a pound a week, like clockwork, pretty regimented tracking, everything running 10 miles a week and yoga twice a week. So that's kind of the, the full rundown of where I'm at right now. There's a psychological component to this outside of the tactical, I'm going to track, I'm going to measure, which is what you really need to do. Like there's something called flexible dieting. Alan Aragon's come on our show. He's, he wrote the book flexible dieting and you can start very general, but if you really want to get refined, you need to kind of, you know, like palm size portion of protein is a great place to start for somebody that's at the very beginning. But as you, as you get more refined on this journey, you got to, you know, calorie tracking is important. But there was a paper that was that was written and it showed like, you know, most people regain this weight. But those that keep it off have a change in identity. So, for instance, if I want to become let's take a world that you're involved in writing. You know, you, there's people that say, I want to learn write, how to write well. And then eventually you're like, I'm a good writer. Right. That's what I do. I'm an excellent writer. Did, was there a, a psychological shift of like, I'm no longer the big guy offensive lineman. I'm a healthy eater. I do the, this is just who I am. When did that, did that take place? And when did it happen? I would say I'm still in the process of embodying that. And mentally, I am still catching up to the fact that I'm no longer that person. And so I'm doing some of the more emotional kind of mental work around that because you can spend the first 23 years, which is what I did of my life with a certain identity. And it doesn't, even after five years, it doesn't just flip the switch, right? I still have some habits that I work through that I was you know, used to doing then. I think it's all about stacking evidence though. So one way I kind of do this is I look for the type of person I'm trying to become in some area. And so I'll take an example of this one, just living high energy, healthy lifestyle. And I have a bunch of documents that have that identity at the top. And then a bunch of actions that I've taken or have taken or plan to take that reinforce that. And so anytime I'm wavering a little bit, I don't think you just naturally build that identity. I think you have to stack evidence and prove it to yourself. And so I'm still in that process, but like at the top of that document is, hasn't missed a strength training workout in two years. So I think that that's proving to myself, okay, I'm someone who's consistent, someone who will show up and do this. But I also at the bottom have kind of anti-evidence. So things that I'm doing right now that don't align with that. And I kind of force myself to, when I take an action like that, put it on there and reflect on it a little bit. So I've been kind of building up those documents as I've been more or less undergoing this identity change because when you go from that 280 pound person that was a college football player and then to where i'm at now it's far more than just a weight loss journey it is exactly like you said an identity change and so as i've been kind of recrafting and rebuilding that i have to prove it to myself as well i've never heard that before stacking evidence i think that's a beautiful way of doing it it's like proving to yourself that this is who I am and, and having a little bit of insight into your background, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think that's something more people should do. It's like, Hey, this is the evidence that I am who I say I am. Uh, these are the habits and behaviors and practices. Like somebody that's like, maybe they're religious. Like this is the evidence of that, or I'm a generous person. This is the evidence of that. Otherwise, you know, it's just kind of this construct that doesn't really have weight behind it. I want to shift now. First of all, if if nobody, if somebody on that's listening to this has not followed you on Twitter, they definitely need to go follow you on Twitter. You are a wonderful writer, 
and uh, we're going to promote your courses and stuff. And if you're interested in learning how to write better, you should definitely follow Dickie. If you found this show insightful and you enjoyed our conversation with Dickie, take a screenshot of the cover art and share it with a friend. You never know. It just may change their life. Thanks again for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode.